This is Kerry Murdoch with Practical E-Commerce. Search Engine Roundtable is an early day website for SEO news and analysis. Having launched in 2003, its founder, Barry Swartz, is an SEO pioneer who continues to operate the site and publish content every day. I recently asked Barry about the site's origins, the evolution of organic search, and more. Here's that conversation. Well, Barry, thank you for your time today. Thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Barry, I am a longtime reader and fan of your of your search engine roundtable site. You provide so much information. I noticed a few days ago you sort of made a splash on the site that it was your 19th anniversary of publishing Search Engine Roundtable. And I thought, holy smokes, that's a long time to be talking about SEO. So I, I appreciate you uh, visiting with us. My first question for you is, what were the circumstances back in 2003 that made you launch Search Engine Roundtable? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I mean, I started, well, I first started learning about SEO and how sites rank in different search engines like a few years before that. Mm -hmm. And I felt like there was a lot of great conversations going on and discussions going on in the online discussion forums. I used to follow them. I used to participate in a lot of the early ones. I still do often. Mm. And I often felt like, wow, there's so much knowledge here. Wouldn't it be great to like kind of highlight in uh, blog format, you know, some of the most interesting discussions going on in the SEO community. So what I did was basically I pulled out on a daily basis some of the most interesting conversations that I found being discussed in these online discussion forums mm. in a place that where well not only you know can I write about it and share it but also it really helped me keep track of what people were saying I can look back at stuff it's made it easy to search so I kind of like was a little bit selfish with it where it's like I kept the notes in a format that I could easily search for them but also shared it with the rest of the SEO community. And also, in another way, I learned over time that people started reading it, and it was a great way to highlight different conversations, different thoughts, different personalities in the SEO industry. So it kind of like lived on in that sense where I was able to really highlight different personalities and conversations throughout the industry. What were you doing at the time professionally when you started that? Same thing I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I have a company called Rusty Brick. We do software development, mostly web and mobile applications. Mm -hmm. And we were building a lot of... Back then, 2003, there was no mobile, so we were building a lot of web-based applications. Some of them were front-end websites. Some of them were, you know, really back-end systems to help businesses, you know, do more stuff. Obviously, it's much more advanced these days with the technology. And I think it was like one of my clients who had a friend who had a business that was very interested in figuring out how search engines work. So I asked if I could give some type of like demonstration, some type of seminar. So I gave a three-day in-person seminar in my office, the clients flew in and they had like, I don't know, several people around the table. And for that, I actually had to do a lot of research and dig into how the search engines worked. I think I did that actually prior to me starting the blog, Search Engine Roundtable. And ever since then, I was really hooked. I really just, I loved how things were changing, how the community was discussing it. So it came about through a client, a friend's client, or colleague that wanted to learn more about search engines mm. because they're pretty well known for the web and technology, and they thought I would know a lot about it, so I had to do some research, and, you know, 19 years later, I know a lot about it. <laughs> That's interesting. So 2003, there, of course, now there are some really prominent 
SEO publications, really great SEO publications, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, of course, your site. Was it that way in 2003? I mean, were there SEO you know, publications online in 2003? Pretty few. There was obviously Search Engine Watch, which is Danny Sullivan, who then started Search Engine Land. I don't know if you know this. I do write at Search Engine Land. I'm one of the... I probably wrote them. I have the most amount of stories on Search Engine Land out of anybody else, I think. Mm. So I write a tremendous amount over there. Okay. So I write at both sites. But back then, there was also Andy Beal had a blog. There was Search Engine News. I forgot there was a bunch of, there was a bunch of them, maybe like five, not more mm. than five or so. Search Engine Journal started literally, I think, two or three months before I started. Mm. That was by Lauren Baker. Mm-hmm. But Danny's been around forever. So Danny started Search Engine Watch in, in the late 90s. So... Um, and there's also a bunch of like different discussion forums. There was like threads. There were bulletin boards. There were newsletters, bulletins, and other things going on. But the blogs were fairly new. Danny had his own website, which he published a I think a monthly newsletter, a very detailed monthly newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, that became then Search Engine Watch, which was more of like a, a weekly blog and then a daily blog. And then he really scaled that up, and then eventually left to do Search Engine Land. I was at, with him at Search Engine Watch and at Search Engine Land. Oh, wow. So if Google launched in around 1998, is that was, am I thinking correctly there? Uh, 1998 is when they started? Yes. Yeah, so you were five years after. What did the term search engine optimization mean in 2003? Was it similar to what it means now, or how has that term evolved? Yeah, it's, it's similar. It's always been the same. It's, it's not about like, it's funny that they call it search engine optimization because we don't have access to optimize a search engine. Maybe the engineers at Google at the companies have, <laughs> you know, have the ability to actually optimize the search engine. But we basically called it, you know, search engine optimization, where we would go ahead and, you know, optimize websites, mm. you know, make them more relevant. In the old days, it was more about before Google it was more about like stuffing as many keywords on the page. Keyword density was very important having those pages and resubmitted to those search engines and then waiting for that search engine to pick up on it and then seeing that stuff pop to the top. Whereas with Google came around, it was more around not just the keywords on the page, but also links and what other sites think about you. So this, obviously the thing has changed in terms of the tactics you use, mm-hmm. but it's always about the same thing about trying to get your website to be as high as possible on the search engines for the most relevant queries. So that really, that strategy hasn't changed. The overall strategy of getting as the highest rankings for the re- most relevant keywords has so always been the same. The, the tactics to do that changed over the years, of course. I can remember the first time someone told me about Google. A guy I worked with had a magazine, a printed magazine article, and I just remember him saying, this is, this is going to be the new thing. It's really going to be great. And I, I'm looking at him like, what are you talking about? Do you remember the first time you encountered Google? I do not. So, you know, I, I am 19 years writing about search engines. Mm-hmm. I'm Actually, I'm 42 now. So when when Google launched, I was 18. I was oh, okay. like just getting into you know, college and stuff like that. I do remember Ask Jeeves. I remember searching Ask Jeeves when I was both in high school and college. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be pretty cool. Huge Ask Jeeves fans. But then eventually everybody just switched to Google. Mm-hmm. It probably was more about like watching... I think probably through the SEO community more so where SEO has become more... I, I started writing about search engines in 2003, but I was following it since, I think, 2000, 2001. Okay. So I was like 20 or so. And then everybody was just so focused on Google, watching this Google search index update every 30 days, the PageRank scores update every 30 days, 
watching different data centers, meaning every server that Google had, watching each server update their indexes and page rank scores and watching their rankings because for the next 30 days, you know, once Google updated, you would have those rankings for 30 days for the most part. Mm. Uh, that was pretty fun to watch. So, yeah, I don't remember, like, us discovering Google. Like, that. I had that aha moment like you did. But it was pretty much all Google at one point, especially in 2003. It was literally all Google. Yeah, even by then. So from your perspective there, you've seen incredible changes with search engines generally and rankings. What changes stand out to you? SEO, algorithm changes or whatever, what stands out? It's probably a few things. So like I just mentioned before, the 30-day updates where Google would update their index every 30 days or so. Now literally you write something, within minutes that stuff is in Google's index, especially if you're a news site like Practically Commerce, you write something, Mm -hmm. you see it pop in Google in, in seconds. It's just amazing how fast Google is. It used to take literally a month. Also, like Google going from Google taking the search engine space from just looking at words on a page to using things like page rank and off-page factors. That was pretty big. Mm-hmm. But then moving you know, forward like 10 years or so with the Florida update, I don't know if you remember that, where Google's mm-hmm. first big update, they didn't name it the Florida update, we did. Mm-hmm. But it was basically Google's first big update that kind of like targeted at SEO tactics trying to manipulate Google in a bad way. So Google was like, all right, we know about you SEOs. Here's algorithms that are designed to kind of, you know, look at other things outside of what SEOs are trying to manipulate. Then we had like Panda, Penguin. I think Panda was in 2011. Penguin was in 2012, 2013. And then we had a bunch of core updates, helpful content updates, and so forth. So those algorithms have constantly come out to kind of promote the most relevant content and kind of diminish stuff they're trying to like manipulate it. Mm-hmm. So the algorithms are pretty cool. And then like the final thing, I guess, would be um, Google launched Universal Search. The reason I remember it the most is because it got me to interview with Brian Williams before his scandal. I sat and spoke to him for like, I don't know, close to an hour, and I got about four seconds of airtime um, on NBC. <laughs> I think something else happened at the same time, like some big news thing, I don't know. Okay. And, uh, but Google stole that from, uh, from Ask Jeeves, which Google, which Jim Lanzone, who's now the CEO of Yahoo, hmm. he launched Ask3D, which is basically what Google came up with the universal search, is basically everybody sees now, we do a search, you get news results, you get images, you get video, all in the same results. Before that, it was just 10 blue links and nothing vertical, nothing with images, nothing with... You'd have to go to the different search engines within Google. Like, you had to go to Google Image Search, you had to go to Google News to get that content. Now, everything is in one search result page based on the query, mm-hmm. which is a big change in terms of the user interface. Wow. Have you met the founders, uh, Sergi or Larry? Did you ever encounter those guys? I believe, yeah, Google Dances back in the old days when they invited us to the Google office. Oh. At the SCS Search Engine Strategies and XMX conferences, they used to invite us there. Eventually, they they stopped showing showing up, but (laughs) I never took a picture with them. I'm not big into taking pictures with famous people, but I believe I met them once or twice. Let's shift gears to talk about kind of the current situation. Our audience, of course, is e-commerce merchants. And these are folks, entrepreneurs that are on, you know, BigCommerce or Shopify, et cetera, selling mainly physical products. I've noticed over the years that oftentimes, especially recently, the last two or three years, folks just coming into the business, the notion of getting rankings on search engines is really not even in the front of their mind because they consider it impossible. So they don't even focus on it. Not always, but sometimes. You know, they'll focus on Facebook or they used to focus on targeted ads on Facebook before iOS 14.5. So that, that's just that's kind of an interesting development to me. What would you say to a merchant, someone starting out, and they've got an interesting product, and they're selling it on big commerce, and 
they're saying it's you know pointless for me to try to rank on Google. So yeah, it's, it's tough, especially these days. There's so many like economy trying to sell like an iPad Pro. There's hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of merchants selling the same exact product. So if you're selling something that's a commodity that anybody else could sell, and there's thousands of other companies selling the same thing online, mm-hmm. it's much harder these days than it was back in 2003. So that's for sure. Does that mean you shouldn't try? No, you definitely have to try. I mean, eventually, like even advertising on Facebook and social media and different places, you know, everybody's going to compete there too. So how are you going to go ahead and differentiate yourself? You need to come up with a reason why your website is better than the other ones. Like you might be able to think of something like when I go to this website and I purchase from this website, I hated this experience because of X, Y, and Z. Or I think it would be, the experience could be so much better if I did these things. And if you implement things that are above and beyond what other people are doing, easier said than done, and I understand that, Google will eventually rank you. You have to prove yourself just like when you open up a small little store you know, in a mall, it's, you might get some foot traffic, but you need to really differentiate yourself to become a really big, a big deal online. And that, of course, works with Google as well. So there are things people could do technically when they start their Shopify site or e-commerce site like Google Merchant Center. It's free. It integrates probably with all those platforms. It's also now built into what's called Google Search Console. Definitely set up those things because it's free to submit your products to those databases that you could actually be included in Google Shopping and so forth. There's also things like you, you can implement called structured data, rich results, where you can actually mark up your products so they have review stars, they have pricing schema, they have different things in the actual search results that even if you rank number you know, four on the page, but the one, one, two, and three don't have the stars, maybe somebody will see your richer results in Google Search where they have stars on it or pricing, and they'll click on you as opposed to clicking the, to the, on the results above you. So there's, there's different ways to go ahead and try to leverage the tools that Google gives you, structured data and Merchant Center and Search Console and other things to go ahead and try to like get a step ahead of other people that are not using that. At the same time, the big players are all using that, of course, and you need to really think about what you could do above and beyond that. And sometimes you have to spend money on ads. And Google has shopping ads and performance max and different things that you could use. But on the free side, you, there is a free Merchant Center. They came out with that during COVID. So but you're competing with everybody else. So that's the hardest part. It's not like Google's any, it, it, there's so much more out there that it, Google has a big selection of what they want to rank, and Google wants to rank the best stuff. So they have a lot to choose from as opposed to in 2003 where anybody could rank for anything because it was such the competition was really wasn't there at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. We've addressed uh, search engine roundtable briefly. Let's talk about the process, kind of your mission and your process of getting your content. You seem to, I mean, I'm envious with the amount of content that, you, <laughs> that you're able to generate on that site. Yeah, you're right. I, I write a lot. I write about five, at least five stories a day between Search Engine Roundtable and Search Engine Land. Mm-hmm. I do it because I'm so involved in the search community. I follow what a lot of people are saying, both on, in the still in the discussion forums, also a lot on Twitter and social media. My rule is I won't cover anything unless it's publicly mentioned in a public setting where a search engine could publicly crawl it, that anybody can access it. I won't reference anything that's behind the paywall, anything that somebody tells me off the record or emails me, or even that Google might tell me. I keep that stuff, you know, if it's not publicly accessible, then it's, I don't think it should be covered. There's a lot of secrecy in the, in the SEO industry, and you have to do stuff. You have to write in a way that you can earn the trust and earn the trust of not just the SEO community and the search community, but also the search engines. So mm-hmm. I have search engines telling me stuff off the record. I have SEOs telling me stuff off the record because they trust me. Mm-hmm. So I cover a lot of the stuff that the search community is saying, both on social media and in the discussion forums. I do cover you know, embargoed stuff as well, but most of my stuff is covered based off of what search engines are saying or SEOs are saying. And I scour those discussion forums. I scour the social media posts through different tools that I use on a daily basis. 
just because I love finding hidden treasures and new things. Uh, I love finding new stuff and covering it. That's why I was actually on NBC with Brian Williams because I was one of the first to find Universal Search being tested by Google and they called me in to interview. I, I like, it's like a treasure trove of stuff that Google's constantly testing stuff and it's fun to follow. Do you frequently know of algorithm changes before they happen? Um, a little bit. Sometimes Google will give me a heads up, not always. Mm-hmm. Like, Google give you maybe sometimes give me a couple days heads up. Sometimes give me like an hour, a half hour heads up, and sometimes they won't tell me at all, and I'll just they'll announce it and I'll have to cover it after the fact. But generally, you know, there's going to be another core update. You know, there's going to be another helpful content update. Usually, before Google announces a brand new thing, they will give me a heads up to talk to them about it. Sometimes they make changes to those things based on our conversations. Sometimes they don't. They do value not just my opinion, but the overall SEO community's opinion, which is why they often talk to me before they announce something big and often talk to other people in the community because they do care. So, um, yeah, I do get a heads up on some things, but surprisingly or not, I would expect to hear more from them, but I'm kind of shocked they don't send me more information before they might announce something. Sometimes they release stuff and I'm like, why didn't they tell me about this beforehand? <laughs> but So the top article on your site this morning was you, of course, on the helpful content. Did you know that was coming? So Google gave me about an hour heads up notice on that one. You mentioned a core update. That's always been confusing to me. So the helpful content, you said on your site, I think, that it's not a core update. But yet, what's the difference between that update and a core update? Right. So core updates are pretty mysterious. They're pretty like, um, the Google doesn't talk much about it. They definitely release like an article saying, these are the things you should look out for when it comes to core updates. And most of that stuff is make sure your content's helpful. Make sure your content is professionally written. It's been, you know, an expert way. It's a lot around this EAT concept, which stands for expertise, authoritativeness, E-A, and T is trustworthiness. Mm-hmm. But again, helpful content is similar to that, but I think it's just a way of Google. It's less of a promotion. Core updates are like looking at to promote the most relevant stuff, whereas helpful up- content update looks to find content written specifically with the purpose of ranking in search engines and not to help users. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of that. People are like writing content that they think would rank well and maybe it doesn't really help users, but they know how to rank it well. Maybe they, people go there and just click on the ads or whatever it might be, or it might be written by AI. Google wants content that's written by humans. And I'm quoting Danny Sullivan, who works at Google now, mm-hmm. by humans for humans. Now, sometimes it could be written by computers and it could be really done really well, but so far the case has been where content that's written by machines and AI are not really that helpful to users at the level that Google wants for the helpful content update. And I think I I interviewed um, H.J. Kim, who's the VP of search, who's in charge of all ranking stuff at Google. And he's really passionate about this helpful content update. He's super passionate about it in, in a way that is kind of inspiring. I don't know if you heard that. You can actually listen to that interview. It's just a login at XMX and the last XMX Next conference was like about a month ago, but it's still, you can, you can listen to it if you want. Great. And I spent about I don't know, a half hour interviewing him and learned so much about these updates from him. I think it's definitely worthwhile listening to that. That's good. We'll definitely do that. Let's cast our minds forward. What do you see the future for search? What do you see the future for ranking Google's ranking algorithm? Yeah, I mean, I don't think you have to have some crystal ball. I think you just see what they've done over the years from the Florida update to the Panda, Penguin, core updates, page experience updates, helpful content updates, and even these spam updates. It's really about Google really trying to prioritize and rank the most relevant, most useful, most best content above all the other stuff. Now, because there's so much for Google to select from, they can really, really choose what they want. And we have so much content out there for them to rank. So I think Google's really focusing on ranking the best, best stuff. They don't always get it right. And Google's constantly tweaking stuff and making things better, at least in their mind. 
But I think from a publisher's perspective, e-commerce store perspective, you should stop worrying about the algorithms themselves and start worrying about your content and your website and think about how can I make my website and my content, my product descriptions, my images, maybe 3D images, try-in features, whatever it might be, how can I make that experience feel like more of going into an Apple store mm-hmm. or feel more like you know walking into and getting one-on-one customer service from a person that you feel like when you walk into a store and walks over to you and helps you, that type of thing. And any way you could build technology to do that, I think will reward you in terms of rankings overall in Google in the long term. Mm-hmm. I always say this is my line of advice that I give a lot is you want to build a website where if it doesn't rank well and a Google search engineer sees the site and sees that it's not ranking well, they will look to adjust their ranking algorithm to make sure a site like yours ranks well. You want to embarrass a Google engineer that their search engine is not ranking your website. And ultimately, Google will get there with the algorithms, and that's how to future-proof your website. Whereas taking shortcuts sometimes, especially for bigger brands, that could be very, very damaging and cause a lot of problems. So don't look for the shortcuts. Look to build your website the best because that's the direction Google's going with, with their algorithms. You gave an example of the engineer. That actually happens. A human being at Google will encounter a website and based on a single website will make a change? I don't know if it's based on a single website. Hmm. Google asks for feedback all the time, and I've seen them make changes to their algorithms based on the feedback that have been, mm-hmm. has been sent to them. I don't know if it's one site or it's two sites. Yeah. But again, if Google sees something that's not ranking and they think it should, and it's embarrassing for them, they will make changes to make it better because mm-hmm. they don't do it on a site-by-site basis. They're not going to say, oh, rank this specific website better for this query. They don't do that. Mm-hmm. But they will make sure that their algorithms are rewarding sites that kind of fall in that realm. It wouldn't just impact that one site, but it will impact many, many sites that kind of are in the same, you know, category of that website. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Google ever tweaks their ranking algorithms for one or two different websites. It's all about adjusting the ranking signals that it works better for the overall query that makes it better in general. So don't confuse Google in terms of they'll make blacklist or whitelist for individual sites. There's a lot of theories around that. They don't look at individual sites and say, I want this site to be pushed up and they press a button and that site, that site ranks better. That doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Barry, we have just another minute or so. Anything else on your mind today, sir? Anything else on my No, not really. I mean, yeah, keep building great content, great tools, great websites, and it's fun. You know, you might have some downtimes here and there with some algorithms that may hit you hard, but keep working to make it better. And the effort you put into that will actually have a reward in the, in the future. Well, all of us that are involved with publishing and involved with ranking on Google, we appreciate everything you do. We appreciate your work at Search Engine Roundtable, and you have many fans, me included. <laughs> oh, so thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I love your content as well. So thank well, you. Thank Keep you. it up. And that's, of course, searchengineroundtable.com. Am I saying that right? Google Search Engine Roundtable or just go to seroundtable.com. Okay. I think searchengineroundtable.com also works. Okay, great. <laughs> well, Barry Schwartz, thank you, sir, for your time. Thank you. Have a great day.